Today is Monday, August 12th, and the Yankees just won two games in one day. They beat up on the lowly Baltimore Orioles, but we're not talking about that. We're not talking about anything that Jake and I want to talk about. We're talking about whatever you guys want to talk about. It's the voicemail app. Let's do it. Let's talk Yanks. Welcome to Talking Yanks. Thank you for joining. My name is John Boy. I'm coming from New Jersey and I got my buddy Jake. Coming to you from Denver, wearing a Pomperog High School penny because he's originally from Connecticut, chilling in his apartment. I'm in my little uh, little square room that I never leave. Jake, how you doing? Doing all right, James. Doing all right. We are coming off a little doubleheader sweep of the Orioles. They are in a sad state right now. The Orioles, not the Yankees. Yankees are ten and two in their last twelve, I think. Uh, I'm I'm doing all right, as you well know. Uh, Sundays into Mondays are are long days for us, but we kind of built it that way, and we we semi like it a little bit because sometimes on Thursday we breathe, sometimes we don't. Um, but I've got a nice Jakey classic going over here. Uh, bought some Lacroix. Sometimes Crux. I'll have a nice. Sometimes I'll have a nice Lacroix during the show, Jim. Thought thought I bought the lime flavor. I bought key lime. Mm, not a fan. And it's absolutely disgusting. But as you well know, I consider myself kind of a gross drink connoisseur. Yep. So uh, that's that's kind of what's going on over here, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm feeling good. I'm gonna crash and burn soon. I mean. If you guys want a little behind the scenes, Jake and I woke up. We did the pregame show for the first game, then recorded hour and a half of talking baseball. Go check it out. Then the game was going on. The first Yankees game. I made a breakdown during it. Then I made my debut on MLB Network. It'll be airing today. I was on intentional talk. Then we made another breakdown. Then the next pregame show. Then that game, Glaber and Gary Thorne making me go crazy trying to get videos. And now here we are. Full day. But the voicemail app, luckily this is the voicemail app, which is so relaxing. So I'm happy. But yeah, that's a little, if I sound a little zonk towards the end of it, it's been a long day. Doubleheader on a Monday's yeah, bur- may- Bertle. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get to talk about what we want to talk about. Because uh, we, we trust the people enough to give us some good voicemails, so here we go. All right, here's voicemail number one, and this is brought to you by John Boy Media and everything we do. We got a history comedy podcast. It's called Laughs from the Past. We got uh, a movie podcast called Six Pack Cinema. We got Talking Baseball, Talking Yanks, John Boy and Jake Radio, which was every day, but now it's Mondays. Jay Sterling calls on Twitter. Throw that into the mix. JJR's on Mondays? Wednesdays. One day a week. All right. Wednesdays. My bad. Yeah. 
And uh, we just put I Love Baseball shirts on the store. That's the newest edition. Boom. Boom. For every team. John Boy and Jake, congratulations on the success, you guys. You guys are killing it. I'm from California. I'm over here watching the New York news. I just saw Robinson Cano tore his hamstring. I know it's a Mets question, but do you think the Mets will make a push for the end of the season with actually having players playing position like Dominic Smith actually playing second base? Tell me what you guys think. Have a good one. And we open up the show with the Mets question, Jake. Of course. That's how it goes. So, see, is, is this something you wanted to talk about? If the Mets are going to play people in their correct positions next season? Not really. I, I think the big thing for you and me and where we might stand out as not typical Yankees fans is that we don't dislike the Mets. Like, if the Mets are doing good things. Good for them. Uh, if we if we see you in the World Series somehow, that'd be cool. But, uh, yeah, I don't I don't really care. All right, cool. All right, talking <laughs> Yanks. Uh, I mean, Dom Smith, he was a good bat, and Pete Alonso beat him out, so they were trying to find a place for him to be, and that's how it works. Okay. Whatever. Yo, John Boy Jake, Kyle from California again. I just called in, but I forgot to ask my main question. Me and my buddies were talking, and I was telling them, you cannot have a beer with a cold meal. If you go to a sandwich stop, you're not getting a beer. You're going to somewhere to get a hot sandwich. That's fine. Tell me what you guys think. Do you drink a beer at the salad? I'm saying no. Tell me what you guys think. Intern Luke throwing these two as the opener. Jarvin Jarvin the chat just said intern Luke might get fired. (laughs) Um, Wow. This question, I don't even get it. Like, of course you can drink beer with cold meal like a sandwich and a beer what i don't that's ideal that's not yeah like, I, I was gonna say you're you know i i normally tap in a little more on putting down cervezas these days but if i think if i put a cold beer in front of you with a nice a nice cold hoagie i think that's what you're going for yeah i don't understand why wouldn't you be able to drink cold beer with hot with cold sand why wouldn't you be able to drink beer with a cold food i i don't have a reason i don't know like a turkey club and a beer that sounds nice Sounds okay. Mets, Mets sandwiches and beers. Here we are talking Yanks. All right. Th- well, thank you for calling in, Kyle. I, Enter uh, Luke. <laughs> you're wrong. You're Kyle. Just like you're wrong about the sandwich beer thing. Mets and you can't have a beer with a sandwich. That's what Kyle's coming with. I'm sorry, man. Hey guys, Andrew from Hell's Kitchen. The Luis has the Luis Sessa hate has to stop. I mean, the guy legitimately <laughs> got better. Started throwing a slider more getting more K's, legitimately good now. I don't know how much of that is Rothschild. And uh, he's been better than Nestor Cortez. And uh, as crazy as it is to think, he's probably a lock for the playoff roster, even if, you know, if one of Dellen or David Hale don't come back healthy. Uh, Yeah, what are your guys and Katie's thoughts on Sessa? All right, thanks, Andrew from Hell's Kitchen. Andrew's usually pretty rational, around the rational thoughts. And it's like Andrew likes to find things that the zeitgeist might be thinking differently of, but it's still rational. I was trying to warn you, Sessa might make this team, and you had him over Hap. He did just have a poor performance versus Baltimore where he couldn't, couldn't lock it down himself. Are you coming around? 
No, no. I, uh, I I think it was pretty funny. Had a lot of fun on Twitter today. People were tweeting at me about Sessa because he didn't have a great performance. Jim, I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, if he continues on and he can be, you know, a kind of a consistent long man, like that three innings pitched, one earned run type, and we get blown out in a playoff game, yeah, sure, Luis Sesame. But other That's than the that, role. man. It would be like Lance Lynn in the DS last year. Like, it would be that role. Yeah, and I, I mean, you might just throw Hap in that role either way, and I – I don't know. It depends who comes back healthy, right? If, I mean, Dellen, David Hale, Johnny Lasagna, Sevy, if all those guys come back, uh, I think the roster crunch gets a little tighter than we think. Who who knows if the, the wunderkind Davey Garcia ever gets a chance this year. Um, I mean, it's I'll, I'll say this. Sessa's going to be close to the 25th man on the playoff roster spot. If he's there, he's only going to come in if the Yanks are up 10 or down 8. He has had a better year than anyone would have guessed he would have up to this point. Absolutely, and especially he started off well, and then he had a slump, and we basically fully wrote him off. Uh, so, so good for Louie. Yeah, we didn't think he was going to make it to August, and yeah, he has a kind of a bad showing against the Orioles today. But uh, I, I mean, he just is what he is. Like I'm, I will never be able to believe in high leverage Sessa. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a funny concept. That's like a, that's like you bring that to a movie producer and you're like, we're going to make the movie Twins. Danny DeVito, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And they're like, ha, don't even care what the script says. That's funny. Run it. Like Louis Sessa, high leverage pitcher. Hilarious. Imagine. I honestly can't. I can't imagine it. Sub Jimmy and Jake already calling in. Uh, so as I call you, it is Thursday, August 8th. And I wanted to ask you how important home field advantage in the playoffs is to you. So if you sort um, all MLB standings, as they do for all the playoffs, including the World Series, which I forgot about, the Yankees are half a game behind the Dodgers and half a game up on the Astros. So I want to know, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being rest your starters as soon as you win the division, and 10 being play the last game of the season like it's Game 7 of the World Series if necessary, how much do you care about home field advantage this postseason? Um, if you remember the ALCS with Houston two years ago, only the home teams won that game, those games. So uh, curious to see how you feel about that. Let me know. Love you guys. Bye. Thank you, Artie. I, it's a good question and a good conversation because I actually – so his question came around to if you win the division and you lock it up with two weeks to play, do you rest guys or do you go play to try and get – home field advantage and the best record my answer jake is i almost don't rest guys because i think resting guys hurts you just as much as losing home field advantage i'm not i don't believe in resting guys and turning them off and then on like maybe a game here and there yankees do that all season so it wouldn't be any different but if like they have the division locked up with two weeks to go you got to play for something find something to play for and keep keeping your routine and it, if it's home field advantage, of course. Home field advantage is going to loom large in the postseason like it has in the past. But you have to win a game on the road. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, if we don't get home field advantage, we're fucked. If we're going to win, if the Yankees are going to win the World Series, they got to win a game on the road. Yeah, I, I think with rest, you're all over it, Jim. I, this, this is the Yankees' new model. Um, 
and and not for nothing, and not not to be sports talk radio-y, the division's won, Jim. I, I I mean, there's no reason to believe that these Yankees are going to go on a like a two and eight stretch, while Tampa would go on an eight and two stretch. This team has given us no reason to believe that. Well, Could what if happen? everyone gets injured? Uh, <laughs> that's already <laughs> happened. That's, we've we've done that. We've done oh. that twice now. <laughs> Being had that. Yeah, we've done that twice. So. I think the division is, it's kind of a wrap. I know that sounds a little cocky and, you know, it's almost mid-August, so it's not that cocky, uh, especially with two more wins today. Jim, I, it, and you heard a little bit of this on Talking Baseball, and I think I've brought it a little to Talking Yanks. I have come fully onto that home field is huge. Uh, I just think so many of the Yankees have a lot of their game that's built around Yankee Stadium. I mean, with the short porch, that's so much in play for LeMahieu, Urshela, Judge. Um, you know, Houston's not necessarily a deep right field, but it's it's Yankee Stadium. It's the short porch, It's and it's in the stadium. And, you know, I, I'm not a huge believer in ghosts, but I've seen the ghosts come out before. And I don't know, I just... I don't want to look back like I do at 2017 and say, well, game seven was in Houston, you know? So I, I'm pretty big on the home field advantage. We are racing Houston for that. And I think, like you said, you make the rest work into that. You know, maybe some of the pitchers, you only throw them five innings or something like that, and you make sure the bullpen guys are just getting regular work. Um, and, you know, maybe the last couple games, if – Judge has two at-bats, you yank them and you throw someone else out there. I'm fine with that. But, yeah, I mean, it's like it. baseball doesn't work like that anymore. It's not like, oh, let's just turn it off for a week. No, that, that's not how it works. So that's that's where I'm at. But, it, I mean, if it's a scale of 1 to 10, uh, I, I am pushing fully to have the best record in the American League. I am as well. I'm just trying to talk myself down from if they don't get the best record acting like we're doomed or something. Right. I mean, it's it's not like you know the season's not over if that happens at any means. Some people but are saying that though. They're like without home right. field, there's no way they beat beat uh, the Astros in the DS if they get there. Well, they can. Yeah. It didn't happen in 2017. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. And it's yeah, I mean, so so many different things can happen across the course of a series. You you find some guys super reliable and you find some guys that fall out of reliability so quickly in the playoffs. So yeah, I mean it it would be super nice to have and I do think it is important. If we don't know, it's not the end of the world. It's just you know what you have to do now. <laughs> Dude. The fucking Red Sox are so bad. They just got walked off on. When it rains, it pours. They tied it. They tied it in the top of the ninth. And then they keep who they keep in Walden in. And bottom nine, Santana goes deep. First pitch. I don't know. No, it wasn't first pitch, but first at bat. 2 2 pitch. That's, uh... Cleveland, Cleveland, don't get too hot before you come to the Yankee Stadium, though. Yeah, get too hot. Get it out of your system and then. We'll go from there. All right. Cool. I like that. Talking Yanks, this is Ben from Oklahoma. I called in last week and asked why Clint wasn't up, and you guys talked about how Clint has a group of fans, and I would consider myself a Clint fan. Again, I am young. I'm 17. So 
he, I obviously think of him as swaggy and stuff, but the thing I like about him is the Yankees have a bunch of nice guys right now. They got Judge, they got Hicks. Uh, I'd say Gary's a nice guy, but I, I think they kind of need a douchebag. And I don't know, just the Yankees so high up, they, they need someone to be a douche. And I can see him doing that and hit baseball really far. Thanks. Bye. I think if you were to ask opposing fans, I know if I was to ask my Red Sox friends, fans, like Brett Gardner and Luke Voigt have that role locked up. Yeah. Oppos- opposing, if you were to ask opposing fans who's the douchebags on the Yankees, I think it would be a big time. Gardner's a tryhard, hardo douche, and Voigt is a, like open shirt, screaming, yelling, Nick Swisher hi- having fun with the chest flowing out like New York douche. I don't think I love those guys. But if you're if you're saying the Yankees don't have hateable players for other teams to hate, well, we do. Yeah, yeah, and that's no our our Red Sox friends openly. If Brett Gardner comes up, they're like, I hate this guy. Yeah, uh, and it's it, you know I'm I'm trying to think of the good comparisons, but yeah, it's and and I don't know. We're I'm not going to go on a whole you're older, you're younger rant. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think the difference there is like there's kind of the bad guy villain that you like. Like you kind of do want that guy on your team. I get that. But yeah, for us, that is Guardy, Voight, and probably Tommy Canely <laughs> if, yeah. if he gets some big innings going. Uh, I Clint, and you know, this is going to come off rude, but I this is just the word that fits the situation. He's more of a punk. Like he's 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 not playing the bad guy role, you know? No, he's playing the dumb jock role. A little bit. Hey, John Boy Jake, Bill from Austin here. Hey, so with the playoff rosters moving around and everyone trying to come up with the best playoff roster, um, I was wondering what you think the Yankees are going to do with their starting rotation with Seve potentially coming back for the postseason. Um, do you think that maybe the Yankees might move half or one of the other starters into the pen? to be in more of a relief role. Uh, I know Hap was a reliever back in 2008, so he has some experience doing that, more than like CeCe Zabathia or James Paxton. So I think that might be a potential option. Just want you guys, your guys' uh, ideas on that. All right, thanks. Go Yanks. I like these conversations, but not yet. Yeah. We're too far away. Get me to September, and then I'll... Because normally you'd have to wait till I was two weeks out, but since we've been doing this and we do the, and you guys want to hear my thoughts, I've like for the trade, for the trade year, for the trade stuff this year, Jake, I did really well. I talked about things way before I'd ever talk about them. Yeah, you got to give me to September before we start setting playoff roster. So much can change. Yeah, yeah, I'll say because the the kind of the main topic of that question was Happer. Uh, I, yeah, we kind of touched on it with Sessa. Like, Jay Happ, I don't know if there's anything he can do the rest of the season besides be incredible to somehow get a playoff start. That seems very much out of the realm. Um, yeah, and it, it basically comes down to it's going to be an organizational decision. Like we just kind of said, like, it might come down to Happ versus Sessa. And maybe it's who's pitching well or... Maybe Hap's just more stretched out, and they want that guy on the the playoff roster who can pitch seven extra innings if they need it. Or, I mean, you just don't want – I mean, if it's not the biggest role, 
Hap is a clubhouse guy, talks with all the guys, liked by CC and Paxton and all them. So maybe if they're the same talent on the field, I think Hap gets the break because of the right. And if you were if you were in the eleventh inning of a playoff game, actually, I'll I'll ask you this right now. Maybe this is the fun question, Jim. If a, if there was the eleventh inning of a playoff game today, would you rather see Sessa or Hap come out of the bullpen? That's a good question. Thanks, Jake. Let her die. <laughs> Next caller. That's brutal. I think Sessa. My gut went with Sessa, to be honest. My my gut goes Hap just because, like, there's a world mentally where I can say, like, damn, he, he really gave everything he had for three He's done it before. He, yeah. I guarantee by the time this comes around, it ain't even about to be Sessa or Hap. Like, Maybe Davey comes up. Maybe Batansis is back. Like maybe Holder comes back and goes on a tear. Who knows? Yeah. And I, I think the other positive spin, and I mean, take it for what it's worth at this point, and it's why you said September, but everyone's saying hopeful stuff about Sevy, which as long as there's hope, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Did you just hear the update on uh, Hicks? He can't throw for two weeks. Hmm. But but Boone was very optimistic. He was like, it's good. It's looking good. But he can't throw for two weeks. That puts us at August 26th until he can throw. Doesn't right. he need to be on the roster by September? No, if you're oh, on no, the no, no, IL, no, no. that counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, he would need to get like reps in and at-bats. Now, Judge came back with two weeks to go in the regular season, and he was pretty good in the postseason last year. So it's possible. That it, it came off to me like... They have it mapped out, and right. these two weeks aren't scary to them. And I mean, you you know, end of the season, you can even get a little creative, like say, okay, he can start tossing a little bit in two weeks. Maybe he can start taking swings though, and maybe he comes back and he can DH a little bit and get his arm back. You know, there there's some creative stuff there. So I I don't know, man. It's it it's it's a little scary that there's a lot of positivity around the injured guys right now. We got good news on Voight. We got good news on Batances. We got good news on Sevy. We got good news on Hicks. So right now I'm I'm horrified of that because that's not how this year works. Voight's good news I'm skeptical of because and this is do not anyone make this your opinion just because it's my opinion because I wouldn't put a lot of stock into it how scared he seemed of the surgery in that one post game I watched because he thought it meant the end of his season and not being able to be part of the postseason I think that Voight will lie and lie his way to himself and to Boone and the training staff I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine and when it actually starts swinging in games it might be crazy. That's where my brain's out because I think he saw the surgery as not being able to play in the postseason. He would fucking do anything to not have that yeah. happen. But he yeah, was running it, like crazy and like gr- jumping like crazy. So he looked pretty good. But that's just a little bit of my brain's like nervous about that. Yeah. And that that's the interesting part because he said it, it hurt the most when he was running and he did intense running drills. They actually had video of it, which was cool. And he said there was no pain at all. So, uh, Voight's an interesting one. Yeah. Yep. All right, next. Hey, guys. This is uh, Brian from North Carolina. How about a Talking Yanks, Talkman shirt, best LB in MLB? See you later. Thanks. The best linebacker in the MLB? Talkman shirt? 
I kind of like it, but I think he's a natural safety. I think you have to go best free safety in the MLB. And then him hunting down a ball. Yeah, and that little stalk, stalk run he's got going on. Someone mock it up for us. Yo, Mikey T would love that. We send it to him. Someone mock it up for us. Okay. Best mock free safety up. in the MLB. Can we put MLB on a shirt? Uh, In the league, maybe? Yeah, La Liga. That's, hey, okay. Hey, guys, it's Boo Box. Just listened to the, your latest episode. You're doing the awards. I was kind of thinking, you know, the, uh, in a clubhouse, there's some things that go on that we don't know about, you know, the four fingers. Uh, everybody's got their own opinion on what they think that means. But you ever think maybe, you know, some of the guys listen to Talking Yanks and uh, they have a motherfucker award and they give a, they give the motherfucker award to, you know, somebody. Whoever you guys give it to, they give it to. Same with uh, Pride of the Yankees. I don't know. Just, uh, just a thought. Love the show. Go Yanks. My, <laughs> what's up, Bubak? Thanks. I uh, don't think they listen to Talking Yanks because that would like. Why would you want to do that if you're playing every day? Just hear about yourselves. I don't know, but they do give the belt away for good games. That's kind of like the pride. Yeah. I would imagine one player at one point. I get. I would. I would bet good money. Clint's listened to an episode, but I would. I would guess. One player at one point, like be it Hicks or Judge or I don't know, like was like, let's see what they're saying. And they click play on one of our episodes and nothing to do with us. But they just start like we're just start talking about the games. And they're like, why the fuck would I want to listen to this? They get out so quick. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to think because there's a couple different angles there, right? There's there's the player who has a good weekend and he likes being hyped. So he's like, ah, I'll go check something out this weekend. I hit three home runs. They got to, they got to say great things about me. Um, yeah. Or the only thing that went through my head and it's kind of the DD rules. Like I, I could see a world where DD listens to 10 podcasts a day at four times speed and absorbs everything. <laughs> that was my life when I was working a nine to five. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, yo, Jake. It's Cameron from Midtown, and I got I got a question. I was a little confused listening to the last episode. Uh, I didn't finish listening to it until after you guys put out the voicemail episode. But how are you going to put Cameron Maven as the motherfucker? Just, uh, just let me know. I was a little confused by your answer. That's fine. I was just confused. I was like, fans were, fans were DMing you and stuff about Cameron Maven. So I was just confused. Uh, and I'm just playing a bit, but, uh, yeah, thanks guys. This is a strong intro from Cameron. Hey, yo, Jake. Yeah. Cameron from Midtown. And that is how people in New York city greet each other. Yeah. That is a good New York city greeting. Hey, yo, Jake. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Why'd you give Cameron Maven the motherfucker? I mean, I couldn't believe it. He had, what did he had? He had two base running errors. And he did. He, he had something else. He was just like one for six or something. I forget. But I had people DMing me because I think it was after a sweep, right? Uh, and I had, two games I had in people, Baltimore. I had people reaching out to me about Cameron Maben's role on this team, and you know what? What are we gonna do with him? And I was like, No, man. Like he's the hug guy. So it should have been more directed at the fans that were questioning Cameron Maben. But I had to spin it. 
on Cameron uh, because he technically made the fans think that way. So it's tough, but hey, I'll tell everyone out there, you give out an mf -er after a winning series. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. It's a tough gig. Well, I think you're probably going to give it this this series to Vic Valera. I don't know. I like Vic Valera. Liar. Hey, dude, he's brainless. Some of the worst base running I've seen. Well, not base running. There's, I mean, like not running after you hit a ball. That's I count that as base running. I put stealing that, that stealing category. that pop out from Judge. Yeah. And then like not forgetting the outs in the field. I mean, he's played like six games, and I think there's been a mental lapse in each game. I think the dude doesn't have a working brain. It's possible. It's possible. I'm I'm glad we kind of covered it last talking Yanks because it was. I mean, it was so apparent today that his. His baseball IQ, or maybe he's just nervous. Maybe this is his Mike Talkman came up not swinging. Maybe this is Luke Voigt finding his way. Maybe Bravik Valera, Vicky V, just kind of left his brain. And then, you know, 12 games in or 14 games in, however it works with the new Cashman disciples, he's like, oh, let me put my brain back in my head and play baseball again. Yeah, I needed that. I left in Scranton. Well, he was just the 26th man today, so he's gone now. Bye, Bravey. Yo, what up, guys? Chef Josh calling in again from Manhattan. Uh, keep up the good work on the pod, guys. Just fun question for you guys. So I saw Baker Mayfield. He's in Cleveland. He's getting the Indians hyped up, getting that rally started, shotgun and beers, open him up vampire style. Which New York athlete do you think could come to Yankee Stadium, get put up on the Jumbotron, and really get the fans and the team Psyched up, spark a big rally by chugging a beer, shotgunning a beer, doing something nuts. And then which Yankee do you think if he's at another game, uh, maybe he's at a Knicks game, maybe he's at a Giants game, who do you think they're showing up on the Jumbotron to get the fans hyped up? I think CC would be dope for that. I think Judge is a little bit of a too good of like a two guy, a good guy image. But I think someone like Voight would kind of be like the perfect guy for that. But just want to get your guys' thoughts. Go Yanks. Keep up the good work on the pot. All right. I like this. So if you didn't know, uh, Biker Mayfield chugged a beer at the Cleveland Indians game, and then it sparked a rally and all that. Who, what New York athlete could do that at Yankees games? I got to be honest with you. It's no one. It's no athlete. In Cleveland, the Browns rule supreme. Right. New York is a baseball city. And the Giants, Eli's not doing that for the crowd. And New York hates their own too much. Like, Giants, half the fan base hates them. Yeah. Didn't they boo Rosen? Rosen came to a game. Not Rosen, Jones. 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 Yes. Daniel Jones. Yes. Not Ro yeah. Uh, they booed yeah, Rosen, too. But, yeah, they. some people said that. Some people, they didn't actually. But, yeah, he's not doing it. Like, Barkley's your best bet, but I still don't think he fires up the crowd. Yeah, I guess it would have been Odell while he was still liked. Uh, he was he, he was pretty down. split. He was pretty split too with the fan base. He was more so liked than I. Odell's I first two years. It yeah, been if, him. if if he was at the crowd at the stadium when Odell was was hype, as the kids say, that that would be a good scene. New York, yeah, it sounds kind of big time, but it would be like more so celebrities. That's what I said. It would be, that's what I was thinking. It would be more so an uh, an a, an actor or like Springsteen. Honestly, Springsteen. If Springsteen was to chug a beer on the Jumbotron at Yankee Stadium, that would be the most hype there would be. Or Billy an ex-Yankee. 
Michael K. I mean, Paul O'Neill, if he's in the booth chugging a beer, shotgunning a beer on the Gumbotron, yeah. there it is. That's the answer. Paulio, Coney, David Wells. Ooh. Yeah. David Wells is a good one, too. You know who could do it? Nick Swisher could come back and do it. Swish, yeah. Because he just oozes yeah. energy. And then inverted, yeah, it would have to be. I think Judge could do it because he's so big that I think he can shotgun one beer really quick if he needed to. So, But they are, the caller was right. I mean, Judge does have kind of the, not a goody two-shoes, but a good guy image. But I think the beer chugging has become a popular phenomenon that if Judge roped one down at the Knicks name, it's not like, oh, Aaron Judge drinks beers? Judge and CC both do it at a Knicks game. That's the most hyped you're going to get. Yeah. Does CC drink still? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, CC went to so, rehab. Yeah. Doesn't drink anymore. So, so CC is holding it for Judge. So that, yeah. Okay. She's chugging a, a LaCroix. Yeah. Hey, boys, what's up? It's Chris Collin from West Hartford. Just wanted to say it's crazy that the uh, Yankees are putting up the offensive numbers that they are right now. And um, I want to know what your favorite stat is of the uh, offensive output that we've put out this year. Mine is the fact that we're batting 309 in high leverage situations this year, which is, to me, kind of crazy. Also, just want to say, be throwing it back to the uh, Sox series. It'd be way cooler to see you guys sit in a dugout first row rather than hubs. Uh, bye. <laughs> Yeah, I you know what? Me personally, I'd rather me be sitting there too. Seemed like a good yeah. time. Nice view yeah, of the not, game. Not even shots fired. We we would also <laughs> enjoy that. <laughs> um Jake, do you have one that jumps to mind? So Jim, I'll what, yeah. what I'll say, you know, I'm probably going to stumble into a tweet I'll release tomorrow. Uh I guess I guess my stat I would give out would be something like you know, Miguel Andujar, Giancarlo Stanton, and maybe a couple other people that had big home run numbers last year that don't, and then comparing them. Because that it really is insane. I mean, I know we've done the injury bug thing a lot, and, you know, I, I guess you'd throw Judge in there now because he's injured and slumping a little, as everyone knows. But I, I think you could have some serious fun with numbers there because – I mean, how many did Giancarlo have last year? 37? Something like that? Andujar was just below 30, I think. It, it, I mean, it's kind of crazy. Uh, he had 27. So it, I, I think you could do some fun with, like, homers replacing homers, if that makes sense, because uh, I, I, the injury bug and how the replacement guys are playing is still just insane. Insane. I'm trying to find what I think. I, I can't find it. I wish I was... Katie stats with the stats, but I'm trying to find the with two strikes because that's right. what I really like. And I don't, damn, I can't find it. Uh, Urshel but I is lead in the league. I know. And DJ is really good too. I think that the top yeah. guys are so good. I was trying to find the team uh, with two strikes. I can easily find Gio Urshel is real quick. But, yeah, I mean, it's just – that's my favorite because that shows, like, fight, you know? Yeah. Two strikes, Gio Rochelle has a 280 batting average and a 332 on-base percentage. It's pretty nuts. nuts. <laughs> Maybe, 
I mean, do you just do you just point at Mike Talkman and Gio Urshela and walk away? Mike Talkman is leading the MLB in OPS since the All Star break. That's currently my favorite stat, just because I I memorized it. It's nuts. Tyro Estrada hitting two eighty. I don't know. How do you pick? <laughs> uh, two strikes. DJ LeMayo has a three thirty three on base percentage with two strikes, two fifty five average, which is still good in the grand scheme of things. But Urshela is just nuts. It's a good question. I'd have to really go dig through and find it. Good, good cue. Hi, guys. I just wanted to bring up. You guys have to talk about this, but it's crazy. Every single person we can bring up from AAA performance. Mike Cockman, Mike Ford, TRSL was nobody for this year. Even Valera is getting under the sun. Well, as you could probably use the whole AAA lineup and win. Everybody they bring up is performance. Got to give credit to Brian Cashman for his best. Backup players, I'm saying he knows what he's doing. Look at this. We'll bring up players no one heard of him. They're just performing. Crazy. Give him, give him credit. Give Cash credit. He's built an offensive juggernaut, a depth star. Depth star. The depth, the depth star. I mean, yeah, it's and Jim- two signs of the coin because the, the pitching situation is pretty dire. Severino being hurt hurts. Batanzas being hurt hurts. Good at building bullpens. Starting pitching, though. I mean, that is an empty spot in Cashman's thing. But the the analytics department is crazy. Did you see my tweet where I said 2013 lineups, 2009 results? Actually, yeah. I actually was talking with Brian Hoke, and I just dropped that. And he was like, dude, that's good. Use that. That's good. I was like, okay. So I tweeted it. But 2013, if you go look at that roster, Jake, it's before the analytics movement it's before the yankees said we need to put a lot of money into analytics and they did the old school style where they just went around and found aging vets to try and give them one last chance you know vernon wells right vernon wells hafner um ben francisco Mm. you know what i mean like that was before the yankees pivoted to this analytic mode and here we are in the same decade and all of our team is injured again, and instead of turning to Lyle Overbay and Jason Nix and Travis Hafner, we're turning to guys that were already in our system for this specific right. reason. It's very impressive when you think back on that 2013 and what the strategy was then and what it is now. They prepared for injuries. It's crazy. Yeah, Jim, I mean, the other side of that coin is, a, you know, it, it's a term that, gets made fun of a little bit with football, but it's being hurt and being injured. How many times did we hear them say that this offseason that Brett Gardner was pretty nicked up last year? Yeah. You know how much you know how much of a tough guy Gardy is. I bet Gardy was pretty banged up last year. And and with his results this year, are we shocked? And then the other one that I went on a rant for the first two months of the season, Gary Sanchez. Uh, Gary Sanchez's shoulder was hurt last year throughout the season. I mean, it's very apparent when you watch his his swings. And I, I don't know, like that's that's one of those things that's funny because it becomes a reflection of Boone a little bit. But if Brett Gardner and Gary Sanchez elevating their games from where they did last year, probably mostly due to health, you know, again, Boone gets the credit for being a better manager, but also those guys are healthy and having good years. That helps. Yeah. Stanton played on a, like a hamstring that would normally have had him on the IL last year. DL. Sorry. Yeah. But yeah. But it is impressive what he did offensively for the depth. 
John Boy and Jake, it's your boy from Petaluma, California. Uh, I just want to know how big you think this upcoming West Coast trip is. They go to Oakland, the Dodgers, and I believe then they go to Seattle. Uh, Oakland is in playoff contention. We know how good the Dodgers are. Uh, how big do you think those six games will be for the Yankees? Thanks, guys. Love the show. Good question. Uh, West Coast trips have been brutal to the Yankees. Oakland Coliseum has been brutal for the Yankees the last couple years. So it is kind of a big thing. I will say the Dodgers and Yankees playing each other, uh, I think I don't think we're going to see premier matchups versus premier matchups. I don't know. I don't think yeah, it's right. going to be indicative of a playoff series. I think it's going to feel like a more of an exhibition match against the Dodgers. It'll be interesting. I, I don't know. I'm interested to see how it lines up because, I mean, they've, they've got the FS1 Saturday game, the ESPN Sunday game. Right now it's slated that Herman versus Kershaw would be game one, which, uh, hello, don't, don't hate that. So I, I, I don't know. I kind of want to see how the pitching lines up a little bit. I think um, – L.A. is going to be what it is. I mean, they're really good baseball, and it's in Los Angeles. I, I think you kind of go into that. I mean, you obviously, you're going to try your best to win the series. You have to do everything you do to not get swept because you just don't want that to be the storyline if you have to go there and play them. Um, I don't know, and that, oh, that Oakland is scary. To kick off the trip, Jimmy, I, they do have an off day before that. But, I mean, those... This, again, sounds rude, but those games are huge for Oakland. They are neck and neck in the wild card race, and the Yankees are in town. We went to that game last year. That crowd gets rowdy. Those games are big for them. And then going up to Seattle, I think we've we've kind of hit the point in the season that Seattle is clearly – remember when they were the hot team for the first two weeks of April? Uh, their season has clearly gone downhill that no matter how we come out of Oakland and LA, I think you're hoping to get out of there three and three. Anything better than that would be incredible, but you're still going to be expected to take care of business in Seattle. So hopefully you can end that West Coast trip on a high note. Yeah. Last three years in Oakland, last year they went one and two, uh, close games, but, but lost two, one, one. Year before that, it was early in the season. They got swept. Girardi threw out some garbage lineup. Sessa started a game that I saw. They lost a heartbreaker in extra innings. Chris Carter hit a home run. Year before that, Yankees swept Oakland. So we'll see. CC pitch is terrible in Oakland, so I hope he doesn't line up there. But I do think that Dodgers series is going to feel like not the London series, but they're going to be wearing players' uniforms. It's players' weekend, so the Yankees are wearing black uniforms. There's going to be all this pomp and circumstance because it's the Yankees versus the Dodgers and these two teams are playing. And then I think the managers aren't going to play it like do or die. So it's going to have this weird feel to it. That's my guess. We'll see when we get there. Yeah. Yeah. Oakland's scary. And then I'm not, I'm not worried about Seattle at all. John Boy Jake, this is Patrick from Lindblad, Connecticut. Calling in. I got a fun question for y'all. Out of the current Yankee roster... How many players, if any, do you think make the all-time Yankee 25-man roster? I know someone like Judge is young, but is he on the right trajectory to make this list? Has CC been a Yankee long enough? Uh, 
Dellen already on the list? I'm gonna I'm gonna say thanks, Patrick. Call back in the off season with this one. Yeah, that's that's an off. What's up, John Boy and Jake? It's South of Staten Island. Uh, just got done watching the Yankees trounce the Blue Jays game one. So everyone looked good besides Judge. Not that I'm worried about him or anything, but he kind of got like three fastballs that were right down the pipe, and he really just didn't hit them. Then, like right after that, they said how his launch angle has been steadily like going on a decline from like 15 to 12, and this year it's like not even at 10 degrees. So. Do you think that's because they're telling him to change his approach to cut down on strikeouts? Or is that maybe just him being a little rusty still? Or I don't know. What do you guys think it could be? Maybe you could even ask like Katie to give her take on it. But it's just a little weird to me. And like I said, I'm not worried about Judge. But I just kind of miss his power opposed to him trying to cut down on strikeouts. But that's just me. Thanks, guys. Go Yanks. Yeah, Judge is just missing balls. Like, he had another one where I thought he squared it up in this Orioles game, and then it didn't go anywhere. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. It seems like – I don't know about the launch angle stuff. Uh, he probably heard a ton about the strikeouts because fans talked about the strikeouts forever, tried to fix the strikeouts, and now fans are saying, why are you hitting it on the ground less? So, I, I, don't, I don't know. He's still in a slump. What did he do today in these two games? He played in one of them, right? Uh yeah, he played in the nightcap. They walked him again. I think they, yeah. I think they didn't let's give him see. anything to he, hit. Uh, let's see, Judger, he went zero for three with two walks and two runs. So it's t- it's tough, man. I mean, he's he's he gets pitched around a little bit, like he's still Aaron Judge, because newsflash, he is still Aaron Judge, and he is scuffling a little bit. Like, there's no denying that. And who knows, as you've been on, Jim, how healthy uh, that oblique really is. Um, that being said, I mean, he's still fourth on the team in OPS plus. <laughs> he's he's above Glaber. Um, maybe not after today. I'll have to double check, but it's. It, it's tough. I mean, you know, the Orioles, again, chose to walk Aaron Judge to face Glaber Torres. And how's that gone for you this year, the Orioles? So, I don't know. It, it's definitely not a big area of concern yet. Paul O'Neill said it best. If the Yankees weren't winning games right now, this would probably be the number one topic because it's Aaron Judge. But we're winning, and and hopefully, hopefully it just kicks into gear at some point and it's just a little slump because, again, with one hot week... <laughs> All of his numbers could look normal again. So um, I'm hoping for that. I don't know if I'm believing in that right now because he is he's missing some pitches that you're like, yo, Judge yeah. normally puts that <laughs> like so far gone. Yeah, I agree. But you got two more games against the Orioles to get hot. So that's nice. What's up, John Boy and Jake? It's Sam Collins from the Jersey Shore. Just uh, two quick things. One, if you were on the Yankees and you were asked that, to make a nickname for Players Weekend, what would it be? I think Flying Salami for Jake is very fitting. And the other point, just uh, watch the Brett Gardner explosion game. Do you think, or not explosion for lack of a better word, do you think that the the MLB should implement something like the the last five-minute report in the NBA? All right, I'll shut up and listen. See ya. Oh, thanks, Sam. Uh, all right, we'll do the nicknames first. Uh, wouldn't I just have to do John Boy at this point? Yeah, you might be John Boy. Um, what else do we got for you? Well, Jimmer was my nickname as a little kid, and that's still my favorite thing. But Jimmer. no one calls no one calls me that anymore. Besides you and my dad. 
maybe later in your career they do like uh, something about your pretty eyes or something like that. Gray wings. Gray wings. You, maybe you could play off that a little bit. Um, what's like that quote lava. from? What's that quote from uh, Orange County? I love Jack Black's quote. I wanted to name it our web show, but you didn't want to. There's short, uh, short, unkempt, portly. Short, unkempt, portly. That's strong. Yeah, flying salami fits over here. I I don't hate it. I'd like to throw maybe a poppy gordo or poppy patron, but I understand the significance of flying salami, so I don't fight that. Especially um, if you're playing baseball and like roaming the outfield, then you literally are a flying salami. I literally am a flying salami. You saw when I came to the Jersey Shore, we played a little spike ball. I still throw this salami around a little bit. You hit the ground so hard. So hard. Reckless and dumb. It's like... It honestly sounds like a medicine ball hitting the ground the way you fall. There's no grace to it at all. Yeah. I'm very compact. So anything that happens, it's normally a, <laughs> a compact motion or sound. It was, it was um, bizarre. Yeah. What Good was the follow-up to that? Was there a follow-up? Yeah, the follow-up was something. Oh, NBA five-minute report, how they give the refs say, like, in the last five minutes, these were the calls we missed or didn't miss or whatever. Do you think the, I don't I, think that does any good, so Yeah. Um I don't know. Get a th- you get to challenge three pitches a game. I think that's my new first goal. Yeah. But then just make a robot strike zone. Right, but you, you always have to ease into it. That's how the sports do it. You can't just do the big change. So I think get the three challenges, that'll work well for two years and then they'll they'll up it. Hey, gentlemen, it's Simon from Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, question for you about Guardy and CC. If the Yankees win the World Series this year, don't want to get ahead of myself, but if they did, would Guardy and CC get memorialized in Monument Park after their careers? What do you think? I feel like maybe CC would already get it. Um, not sure about Guardy, but he, he would have won two World Series for the Yankees. Um, I don't know, Paul O'Neill's on Monument Park, and I feel like he kind of got in, on maybe not undeservingly, but didn't have the full credentials. I don't know. You guys might disagree. Anyway, thoughts about your thoughts on uh, Guardian CC and Monument Park if they win two World Series with the Yanks. Thanks. All right. So let's just do it as if they win the World Series this year. Okay. CC's definitely in. CeCe's in. We, we both had the realization when he was the third lefty to get 3,000 Ks that it was like, okay, yeah, CeCe. Yeah, yeah. Gardner's still going to be playing, so uh, no, I don't think Gardner will get his number retired or a plaque. I mean, I, I, and I'm not trying to slight him. I think his career is going to be looked at as like, wow, Gardy was way better than I thought. He played a lot of games. He, you know, he was a decade of playing. I think there's going to be that, but I don't think he's going to make it in there. Yeah, I think it's going to be kind of a little different. I think it's going to be like kids are going to look back at Guardy's numbers and be like, well, he only hit 260 and he had a 740 OPS. Like, why do you always talk about this guy? And it's like, you don't know what kind of heart he had. You should have seen him play in left field. Yeah, but then if they look at war, if people are looking at war, they'll be like, whoa. Yeah, he'll have a couple big war seasons there. That's true. So, yeah, I don't know. I think he's just... 
I'm I'm trying to think of the collection of Yankee names through the decade who you're like, yeah, you know, that you know, Joe Pepitone used to really hit. And you're like, okay, cool. 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 Joey Peps. Stump Merrill. <laughs> hey boys, just got uh finished listening to um your talking baseball podcast. It's Steve from Philly here. Um I heard Jake's take on the Braves and the Dodgers and the Yanks and the Strohs for ALCS and NLCS had me thinking uh, with his take on how Albies, Acuna, and Freeman were a scary front like Mookie, Benintendi, and um, JD were last year. So my question is, who's the scarier of those NLCS and ALC bunch? Um, You got your money on the Dodgers with um, Jock, Muncy, and Belly, um, or the Yanks maybe, with DJ, Judge, and Stanton or Gary, or is it still Houston with Springer, Altuve, and Bregman? Let me know. I got to be honest, Jake. You got to answer this question. I'm uh, it's getting late in the show. And there's there's too much names going on for my brain. A lot going on there. Yeah, quick talking baseball plug. If you haven't been listening, A, go check it out. Tell any of your baseball friends. Basically, what I said is the Braves have been living up to every test since we've started doing Talking Baseball. I really like their top three. I think those four teams are the clear top tiers in their leagues and in baseball right now. Uh, the team that still scares me the most is flat-out Houston. I, I know that's being a little rude to the Dodgers. They could be going to their third straight World Series. Um, if, if Cole Verlander... And freaking Zach Morris turn it on. I mean, that's that's just really tough with their lineup. So, All right, nice. I got to bow out of that one. Maybe. What's that? I might be Zach Grinky. I forget if it's Grinky or Morris. Me too. Hey, this is Tim from Chicago. A little fun one for you. If you guys were in the clubhouse on the team with the Yankees, what do you think your purpose would be? Do you think it would be the funny guys? Serious guys, and then also, who do you think that your group of friends, who do you think you would latch on to with the Yankees? Or do you think you'd be a bullpen guy? Um, just fun thought. Um, love what you guys are doing. Love to hear it. Bye. Well, these are the fucking questions where if the Yankees were to listen, they'd be like, you guys are pathetic. You guys are such losers. We're here going to analyze and talk about which of the Yankees we're going to be friends with. <laughs> yeah. Uh okay here we go i don't know when i played sports i played hockey throughout until college or whatever um i i was like a like a joke guy sure and then on the ice i was like a grinder but i i did stuff like if we had a big tournament somewhere i'd make everyone the same t-shirt so that we'd all have the same shirt and i'd make everyone wear I did all that stuff, which my coach loved. Right. He's like, Jim, are you making shirts? And I was like, yeah, because my coach loved when we walked into a tournament all wearing the same shirt. He was like, it just looks so much better. You feel like a team. So I was always in charge of making making the shirts and designs and like coming up with like, what's our slogan going to be? What are we going to say? That was kind of my role. Yeah, that's a good call. I I would say, well, A, I've got a good cop-out answer for friends on the team. Cause Jim, you know I'm a hop in every group guy. That's that's my wedding. Yeah, Jake. Thing. Jake has like 20 group chats that all are active during the day, 
and they're all different friend groups where Jake's like the one that doesn't actually fit, but he's in the chat. Bizarre. Um, so yeah, I would no. <laughs> I just had a great mental image. Do you remember that picture of Chase and Shreve last year? And he's there. They're out on the town, and it's like all the Latin guys and Chase and Shreve. I'm putting myself in there for now. Okay. So, you know, we're we're going out dancing. Poppy Patron rips a couple, blah, blah, blah. They all hate me. Um, uh, on the field, yeah, I think if you've listened to this, you know we're both kind of jokes guys. What I I was a big kind of fake energy guy. Like I, I would make, I would cure mired a little bit. I'd probably make, I'd make a diving catch that maybe I didn't need to dive for just to get the crowd going a little bit. That, that'd be kind of what I'd be going for. Yeah. You're, you're a bit of a hot dog. Kind of that Vic Valera on the bases vibe going on. Brainless. You do have a bad brain. <laughs> I do have a bad brain. Do have a bad brain. That was the last voicemail. Oh, wow. We did it. How about that? I'm tired. Are you tired? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. We uh what do we got tomorrow? Little well, we'll be doing sharp stats. I have a ton of meetings tomorrow. Oh, I'm gonna be on if you live in St. Louis, I'm gonna be on your radio show, ESPN at eleven fifteen AM. Then uh we have a big meeting. At 3.30, then the pregame show, then Sharp Stats, and I'm going to a concert. So I'm hoping that the game gets rained out. Boom. And we got to record Last from the Past tomorrow, too, at some point. Fuck. Crazy. 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 All right. Well, that ends this show. Thank you guys very much for listening. Thank you to everyone who called in. Uh, we appreciate it. If you want to call in in the future, it's 908-845-5792. 908-845-5792. Jake, hit him with those last words you're constantly saying. Lail and Mantiply down. Johnny L's on your way, kid. Is he up? They haven't said yet. And it's two guys going down, so that's interesting. But uh, one of them has to be Johnny Lasagna. You would think. All right, see you guys. Go Yankees. <laughs>